This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is winding down for game week, Washington and New England, and that means it's time for Six Rings and Football Things, the Cadillac's Crucial Clashes yeah. edition. Mike Cadlick alongside me, Andy Jumbo Hart. Mike Cadlick covers our uh, daily beat with the Patriots for WEEI.com. And there's a written version of his clashes each and every week on the website. But we like to bring a little uh, chat to that yes. idea and that topic. Some audio Michael, for an audio company. Ain't indeed, right, we are Hart? an audio company. We're an odyssey company as Ooh, well. Look at that. See what I did there? <laughs> yes. um, fresh off his run where it's a little chilly, uh, we're going to talk about some hot topics in Patriot oh. Nation. First and foremost, from our not friend, because I don't like him, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, dropped a um, what he does, muckraking, rumor milling, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is a pure rumor, and I think he posed it as such, a rumor that yeah. I think others have heard throughout time. And But I always say, if I went with every rumor I've heard over the last 20 years, oh my God, I could write a book. And then right. I get sued by a lot of people because they're rumors <laughs> and they're not facts and they're not reports. Right. Um, but the rumor. And some of them would have came true and others would have been crazy. Absolutely. And right. sifting through them would have been fun trying to figure out which had truth and which were just pure rumors. But Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, has blogged about it, did a video about it, has done some radio hits about it. This rumor idea that uh, Josh Harris, the billionaire owner of the Washington franchise, would potentially pursue Bill Belichick via trade this offseason as Florio positions it. It might be good for both organizations, might offer the Crafts uh, an out from Bill Belichick in which, A, they wouldn't have to pay whatever money's left on the uh, extension that he reportedly signed before the season, but also you don't have to fire or kind of push out Bill Belichick. It would just be, oh, a new opportunity for him, a new opportunity for us. We get some trade assets. Mike Cadlick. Do you believe there's any truth to this? And would you want it to happen? Hmm. Uh, interesting. Let's see. Um, I think of Mike Florio as um, a reporter as well as an entertainer. I think he takes things um, and, like you said, you know, sort of twists them into something for headlines because he does own his own website and created his own website, which is a successful website pro football talk. So yep. um, people don't like him and I get it. Like he does kind of do this thing. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he just completely makes stuff up. I do think he hears things and I do think he pick think he picks and chooses what to report and what to not. Um, he tweeted it himself last night. And this is sort of why I do tend to believe Florio. He was all over the Brady 
uh, Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross thing, like months before that ever actually blew up. And everybody called him crazy. And everyone said, what are you talking about? And then that all came true. And so ever since then, I've sort of taken what Florio says and think, okay, well, there is at least some truth to this. And whether he's spinning into something is one thing. But like even the Mac Jones rumors this offseason, I was like, I, I, there's something to this. He did hear something from a decent source. And so that's what I feel about this as well. Um, I look at what he said about uh, the way the leak of the contract came out. And on one hand, you can look at it and say, oh, maybe this was Belichick's camp trying to you know, position themselves as we're not going anywhere. Or maybe it was Kraft's camp saying, well, if you do want to trade for him, he's still ours and you do have to, in fact, pay for him. And you're not just going to be able to get him on the open market this offseason. Um, so, uh, like you said, this has sort of been a thing people talk about in general, trading for Belichick because he is under contract. And it's sort of a uh, just an idea. Um, the fact that Florio says it's in NFL circles, I find interesting. And I, I do tend to believe at least bits and pieces of it. Do I want it to happen? I think I do. Oh, I think it makes sense. I, I think the way things are going here, um, it just it it's not working anymore. And the the three the three weeks we talk about in the the Dallas loss, the New Orleans loss, and the Raiders loss. After that, everybody was talking about when's Belichick getting fired. This stinks. He's bad. Blah blah blah. It's over. They get a win against Buffalo, and the contract rumor comes out, and everyone's all, everyone's back to normal. And it, it literally, the the report and the leak did its job because we haven't been talking about firing Belichick nearly as much ever since that right. happened. Even after the Miami loss this weekend, that they lost by fourteen, and again didn't look like they were able to play. Uh, offense was weak. It wasn't up to par with the Dolphins. The defense didn't wasn't able to stop them whatsoever. Um, but it's still sort of been hummed until this report comes out now. So. I do. I think it it probably does make sense for both parties. I think Washington, Josh Harris will pay for him. They just grabbed two first round picks, um, or uh, I'm sorry, they just traded two former first round picks for second and thirds. They grabbed capital. We'll get to that during our our matchups previews. But um, yeah, I think a fresh start might make sense. And I think if they can get some something for him, then yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea. Yeah, I don't hate it either. And uh, for an extended discussion about this, you can head on over to the Breaking Boston podcast feed where yep. Nick Fitzy Stevens and myself talked about this as the story of the day with a little bit of a breakdown, a little bit more detail. But in the end, if I can get something for Bill Belichick, that's better than me firing him and that's allowing me to move forward in a, in a different direction. Maybe it's best for all parties involved. So that's one. Two, I want to throw at you just a discussion been a topic in the last 24 to 48 hours josh mcdaniels was let go by the las vegas raiders mm -hmm. um it wasn't working although i would point out that the patriots only have one more victory in the last year plus than josh mcdaniels had in vegas yep. and he got fired uh your offense is down in josh mcdaniels land and in terms of ineptitude he got fired just putting that out there but josh mcdaniels has left before and come back before and kind of left before and then stayed. There's an affinity, I think, from the Kraft family toward him, certainly from Bill toward him. So a popular question has been, will Josh McDaniels return to the Patriots? Could he be a consultant for the Patriots offense as he's done before? And a little snippet in there, uh, I saw Rob Gronkowski yeah, say that he thinks Josh is coming back and that it could involve Bill O'Brien leaving at the end of the season, which based on what we just talked about, if if Bill leaves, Bill Belichick is traded, then yeah, Bill O'Brien could be gone. Who knows? They might blow it up. But Josh McDaniels is available. 
Would you want him back with the Patriots, whether it be next week or next year? Yeah, I would. I think Josh McDaniels is a good offensive coordinator. I think he's a bad head coach. Raiders fans I, would question that. So, and I get that, and I see it, and I've seen it, and um, like I, I do, I understand that. But I look at him as a head coach, and like Patricia did, and like Flores did, they try and build this Patriot way elsewhere, and it doesn't work without Bill Belichick, and frankly, it doesn't work without Tom Brady, um, right. which is what we've seen. And so, I, I think schematically it, it, it may be his offense is a little dated compared to the the new age more college centric rpo type uh systems but it works for what he does it worked here for a long time josh mcdaniels is a six-time super bowl champion in several different capacities um and he helped mac jones mac jones played his best football under josh mcdaniels so um whether it be an offensive consultant this year i i would welcome him back with open arms. I think he's worked with Phil O'Brien before, um, and I'm sure that they would be able to make something work this season. Um, and the Gronk thing next year is interesting as well, because not only could Belichick be gone and that would mean a blow up. And now then, then I sort of wonder if Belichick does end up in Washington, he might take McDaniels with him there because it sounds like the O'Brien hire was more so craft driven than Belichick driven. I think Bill likes Josh more than he likes Bill. Bill Belichick likes Josh more than he likes Bill O'Brien. Um, so I think that would make more sense, Josh, to go to Washington if that were to ever happen. Um, but I think at the end of the day, next season in 2024, Josh McDaniels will be coaching under Bill Belichick in some capacity. Interesting. Um, there's definitely a bond there. Um, and I should say I'm a I'm a Josh McDaniels guy. I like him. I think it's been proven he's not a head coach. It goes right. sideways really quickly. He somehow... And there's a certain arrogance to him that I think mm -hmm. rubs people the wrong way. And if you don't win, because I think Bill has the same arrogance, he just was able to pair up with Tom and Brady I and think, win. And I think you can project that arrogance as a coordinator under Bill Belichick, where you can't do it on your own. Right. Um, and it's interesting you bring up the Washington idea, kind of pairing our two topics together. And, you know, I'm sure Bill could sell a new billionaire owner that, hey, this guy, he knows his offense. I need him with me and he can make some right. good money. I got to tell you, if I were Josh McDaniels, I think I would look into the college game, see if I can get a head coaching job in college. Because twofold, A, I think it might just be a better lifestyle for him right now. Um, he's still a relatively young guy, has a sort of a young look recruiting wise, some of that. Yeah. And what you just said, go learn the college game. See what the, the offenses are doing at that sure. level. Try things at that level that might then promote you back to the NFL coordinator, whatever, and you might bring new ideas, new scheme, new energy to your offense sure. that may be dated. Just a and that uh, attitude yeah. he has works better in college. That Absolutely. Sort of motivation. Like it's tough to motivate guys who make, you know, eight million dollars a year. Like you can be a dictator in college. You cannot be a dictator in the NFL unless your name 100%. is Bill Belichick because you earned it over, you know, with rings. Right. So okay. and one more thing on the college game, just to think about with O'Brien leaving our friend Paul Paul, Paul Perillo patriots.com mentioned this a few weeks ago it sort of had some legs O'Brien was apparently connected to the Michigan State job um, with Mel Tucker being fired there so that's just another thing to watch out for like O'Brien is not going to be the offensive coordinator here forever if he bolts as soon as next season and Belichick's still here that's another opening for McDaniels well I'll I'll piggyback off that with an idea Josh McDaniels under Nick Saban, 
was a graduate assistant at Michigan State. Maybe Josh McDaniels could be a Michigan State uh, option if we talk about him going to the college game. Or he could be the next offensive coordinator at Alabama under Nick Saban because that has turned into the whole – that's like offensive coach rehab, the uh, Nick Saban offensive coordinator with Kiffin and O'Brien and Sark. Like all those guys have come come in and out of there and been successful on the other end. So So, Josh McDaniels will be an interesting guy to keep an eye on, whether he's in New England, Michigan, Alabama, who knows where. Um, From a Patriots perspective, last big picture topic before we get into the matchups. Uh, we had Matthew Slater over the course of Sunday into Monday, Sunday after the game, talking about uncharted waters and where these Patriots were going leadership wise and staying together, proving their character. And then he kind of expanded on that a little bit on the Jones and Mego show on Monday afternoon, where he talked about human nature. They're going to have to fight human nature. I kind of wrote a little column off that for WEI.com. Go check it out. It's very good. Go, go check it out, please. Click on it. We need clicks. We live in the clicks business, even yes. though we don't make stuff up or go as far as Florio to get those clicks. <laughs> um, but do you think, and, and I'll tease quick here on the Six Rings feed elsewhere, a chat with Phil Perry, who definitely believes this fight with human nature and this locker room um, makeup is a is a concern right now at two and six and where this team goes. And, you know, this Bill hasn't had to deal with this since 2000. And I think that was a different beast because it was the first year. It was a true rebuild. Matthew Slater, the leadership, David Andrews, who they haven't really had to deal with this idea that there's nine games to play and what are we actually playing for? Now, I like Jelani Tavai yesterday who just laughed and said, um, we're professionals. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, we make money here. <laughs> yeah, and it's easy to say that. And I think for some people, it's probably easy to approach it that way. But I think for some people, it's also easy to say, Jesus Christ, we got nine games left to play. Like, I just want out of here. I'm going to start planning vacations. I'm going to sleep in and hit the snooze button a couple times on the, like, do you think that's a concern with this locker room and this team over the second half? Uh, I do. I I do. I would be, I would sort of monitor it, uh, if you will, because I think you mentioned they've never dealt with this before. You look at the captains of this team in Slater and Andrews and uh, Wise and all those guys have won Super Bowls. Like those guys know what it's been to like to win. They've been around success their entire time as Patriots. Mac Jones won a national championship at Alabama. He won national championships and he was, you know, the best college player or high school player in like Florida, top 10 recruit, whatever. Like he's only dealt with success. The only one to look at is Hunter Henry, but um, he's sort of like a, I don't know. I don't want to call him a second level captain, but you get my point. Like the leaders of this team, have only dealt with success. They haven't dealt with failure much. And so it's hard for them to kind of understand like, you know, what to do now. And so you're right with nine games left. You mentioned the snooze button. You mentioned, you know, if they're calling to be in there at, you know, 5 a.m. to go for a lift, it's like, all right, well, am I really going to do all 10 of these reps? Like we're two and nine. Like what's this for? And the only thing I'd say to that is I do, I do see what Jelani Tavai is saying about, you know, we do this for a living. This is how we make money. Like Josh Uche still needs to go get a, a bunch more sacks to try and get paid next season. And Kyle Duggar, if he hauls in five more interceptions and leads the team in tackles, then maybe he won't come back because he'll garner that much more money on the market and Belichick won't want to pay him. And so like th- those guys are still going to try the contract. Your guys are still going to try. Mac Jones is still going to go out there and try because he's fighting for a quarterback position, like not just here, but He's basically trying out for the rest of the league if they don't move forward with him. So, um, 
there are definitely pockets of players that you might sort of see start to dog it. And I think that that's going to make everybody else's job harder because football is the truest team game. And there is like, you need all 11 guys on the same page. And, you know, with these wide receivers going down now, like they do need to kind of get the young guys going. And you wonder if Tyquan Thornton, whether he mails it in or just kind of realizes that am I an NFL football player and Kayshawn Booty still doesn't get an opportunity. So even when he does, is he going to be ready for it? Like there's a lot that goes into this. And I think it's going to be tough for those leaders to garner everybody and get everybody on the same page. Yeah. I always say it's, it's easy to lead and have a good attitude when you're winning. Like I could go be a captain of the Boston Celtics right now because they're up right. 30 in the first quarter. There's no leadership needed. Like the leadership yeah. is the skill to some degree. When it And I want to the- clarify and just to kind of go to Hunter Henry again, like, He's just a new captain. Like he's no, never I been a captain you. of this team before. So like even he, even though he hasn't, or he has dealt with losing with you know Los Angeles, or whatever. It's like okay, but who am I compared to the guys who have been here so long? Right. So. No, I I get you, and it I do think, and even with the potential for offseason turnover, Robert Kraft is not a um, absentee owner. He's around. Right. So even if you say okay, the the football leadership's going to change, I think Robert Kraft is watching every single player on this team. And I think Robert Kraft is aware of which cars are in the parking lot at six o'clock still and which cars used to be and aren't Mm -hmm. anymore. And which guys like Kyle Duggar or Tyquan Thornton, guys you mentioned, have no give up in them. And and I think that will filter into his uh, assessment as he moves forward. Whoever the GM and whoever the coach is next year, if the GM says, we want to give Kyle Duggar $90 million, Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft might say, I don't know. The end of last year, I saw some quitting him. And I'm not yeah, saying that will happen. I don't, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an example. His reputation. But right. they may have some information just on the way these people handled adversity that may affect how they're willing to write checks or build the team with someone else making the right. decision moving forward. You're so, just talking about the you're just talking about the opposite of end of what I just said, where yep. if Kyle Duggar go and we're using Duggar because he's the contract year guy, but right. Some guys are going to give it their all. Others are not going to not. And everybody's sort of watching what they do. Correct. So those are some things to keep an eye on Bill Belichick's future, Josh McDaniel's future and every player's future down a nine game stretch. But more importantly, we have, and I wanted to bring this up real quick, just in case I get any criticisms twofold. First of all, I'm not being a hardo by wearing a hat inside. It's cold in my house. I'm not turning the heat on yet. And it's like 28 degrees outside. Second, because we're playing the commanders who used to have a different name. If you're offended by this, I apologize, but I'm going to tell you this logo for the Dartmouth High Indians was designed by a member of the local Wampanoag tribe in the 70s. And that tribe fought very hard over the last few years to keep this logo tied to the Dartmouth school system and teach children about the history of the area. So if you have a problem with it, do a little research and you'll find out you shouldn't be offended. You should actually support it because the Wampanoag tribe supports it. Thank you. Moving forward to the commanders. Yes. So the commanders are three and five. It kind of did look like you were wearing a Redskins hat for a second. I know, but I'm not. So I just wanted to clarify that because I kind of saw it in the uh, computer and was thinking <laughs> to myself, somebody's going to be offended by this. Yep. So don't. if you're offended, well, you shouldn't be. And yes, I'm telling you what to be offended about. Go screw you yourself. Go. Love it. Um, so the three and five Washington commanders come to Gillette mm-hmm. Stadium, not to pick up Bill Belichick and bring him back to, to Washington. Well, who knows? You know, crazier you things have happened. Whatever. <laughs> but to play the Patriots. And yeah. So there's some interesting matchups in this game. It got a little less interesting on some level when Washington decided to trade its two best pass rushers. 11.5 total sacks were shipped out of town. Uh, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, um, gone. 
Now they'll have other guys step up, as Hunter Henry said, after he accidentally smirked when he said he didn't have to block Chase Young and company. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, 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 they'll, they'll be tough too. Those guys, this is opportunity. These guys will step up. Yeah, they'll step up. They're not as good. Chase right. Young was really, really talented. Um, Montez Sweat, really talented. So interesting matchup because I think they're kind of on a level playing field. Like these are kind of middling teams. I yeah. know the Patriots are, are probably below middling right now. But the commanders are trending in that direction, too, having lost five of six um, this year. But they also just went toe-to-toe in a shootout with the Eagles. So They always um, play them close. Those division games, you're right, are a little different. But the Patriots went toe-to-toe with the Eagles right. two and a half months ago or what, two months ago. Um, so where do we start when it comes to matchups for Patriots commanders in what isn't necessarily a marquee game, but we have to talk about it and watch it because we, we're professionals and we get paid to do so. Exactly. Um I'm going back to the Patriots secondary um, because of what happened last weekend. I think uh, so. So number one, if you check it out, wei.com crucial classes. Number one is uh, Dotson McLaurin and uh, Curtis Samuel against this Patriots secondary, because last week we talked about it here on this show. It was sort of, okay, how do you mitigate Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle? You did it in week two. You held them to like, I think just over a hundred yards maybe in week week two and no one touchdown and a couple catches. Like you really held them in check. Um, and last week was the exact opposite. Like they, they blew them out. It was 15 catches for two something and two touchdowns. They each had one. Um, Tyree kill had the long one. And then Jalen Waddle had the complete busted coverage as well. Like they were just, they didn't know how to cover them last week. It was complete opposite from week two. And so I look at this one now, um, not, as talented like but you still look at Terry McLaurin is a, a de facto number one option Jahan Dotson is a young second year player who has kind of had some success and then Curtis Samuel is another quick guy so same sort of build as those two um obviously not as good but and you have three of them to take care of it's it's going to be tough and so um I'm curious to see how they do it like you, you have Jonathan Jones and Jack Jones still but then Sean Wade and Miles Bryant kind of fall off in that room and even Jack Jones and JC Jackson uh, JC Jackson's there as well. Um, they weren't great last week. So I want to see them improve. I want to see how they dial it up. Um, and it's not like I look at it and I say, okay, well, that happened against them in Miami. Now you're playing the commanders. Like you'll get, you'll bounce back. But no, they have some pretty good wide receivers. So uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to stop it. Uh, this is definitely an interesting matchup. This is another matchup where I say like the other team has better receivers than you, has receivers to challenge your secondary. I'm not sure we really have a feel for what the Patriots' pass defense is right now. There was that momentum where they take everybody away. They're doing a good job. They take away number one receivers. They do these things. And then the bottom fell out of that. You literally didn't right. really cover Hill and Waddle last week no. and no. literally didn't cover Waddle on the game-ending play, 31-yard touchdown. Um, that was so bad. Uh, yeah, it was. Really <laughs> it was and it's the that it was the cheat motion that they do with hill and they just send them that way that i'm sure they watched all week in practice and i'm sure they said this is how we do this and don't fall yep. for it and, get, and yep. everybody yep. ran with them i think the defensive line ran with them like absolutely it was and and i understand that he's tyreek hill like right i understand sort of the distraction it's kind of like at a little league game when a plane flies over and all the kids look up and you're like don't do that but you kind of look up yourself and look at the yeah, plane it's like a, oh, it's wow. distracting like yeah. okay whatever um, one wild card here that I find interesting is Sam Howell. I don't know what yeah. people think of him. Uh, his numbers are kind of weird. He has eight interceptions. So you're like, oh, he's in Mac world of like, he turns the ball over. 
Four of those came in a loss to the Bills where like it was just an ugly day. And he also, I wrote it down, I believe he's had two plus touchdown passes in like four of his last five games or something. So he's getting yeah, the ball. He slings it. Yeah. Yeah. He and and he slings it to some competitive, capable receivers against a secondary that we're still trying to figure out. Are they competent? Are they going to be on the same page? Or because I feel like I guess my my answer is here. They're not as good as Miami, obviously, but they're capable of taking advantage of matchups or busted coverages. If you leave Terry McLaurin uncovered or you get him in a matchup with Miles Bryant, I feel like Sam Howell will find him and toast you with it. So I definitely think this is a matchup to watch and probably one that swings the game. If you can yeah. if you can get a couple picks and you can change the momentum and make a couple plays in the back end, you probably have a good chance to win this game. And if I watch Dotson running down the field uncovered and Sam Howell just hits him in stride, you probably lose the game because right. they can score more than you can score. Like they, they score more points than you. Yeah. So if you give up a few of those plays, and I know that's historically not Patriots defense, like, okay, GTFB, even the Dolphins thing, we saw the, the original one with the three safeties and basically right. saying yeah. everything Don't, in front, you're not getting yeah. behind us. We're a wall. I think you need to do that moving forward against the Washington Commanders. Um, the hell happened to your screen? Yeah, my screen's coming in, but we're good. We're I I touched my USB, but that's you okay. have like a black line across the top of your. Oh, it's back. You're back. I okay, have two cameras. Yeah, we're You're good. Back. We're all um, so yeah, I, I like your first matchup. I do think it is uh, crucial or critical or whatever you want to call it. I actually think you did a good job stacking it because I think it could decide the game. Yeah. Well. Uh, I look at too, and before we get to the second one, like you mentioned that this team scores more than you, like if you ever told me like two years ago that Sam Howell and Jahan Dodson and all these guys are going to be like the much better offense, I'd call you crazy, but that's kind of where we are. Like you look at it, it's like, oh, we are, we're talking about a two and six football team and an offense that can't score. So, right. And even you look at it like. Brian Robinson, not great, but he's averaging four yards a carry. He's got four touchdowns. He's doing his part on the ground to balance out their off. Like, are they great? No, but you're really yeah. bad. So right. they don't need to be great to beat you. Okay, second crucial clash in this game from Mike Cadlick, WEI.com is? It is the Patriots offensive line once again taking on the Washington Commanders defensive front because – Washington just shipped out their two best players on the defensive front in Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And when Belichick spoke yesterday, he started talking about, you know, Casey Tuhill and whoever, Smith, like the other guys. Like, no, I get he has to say that, and that's coach speak, and that's not just the Patriot way thing. That's every everyone's going to say, well, right. we still got to worry about those guys. But, no, they just shipped out their two best players. Like, you should have a – Mac Jones should have time this week especially with where the offensive line has been at the last few weeks. Um, I know last week wasn't great, um, but they were really good against Buffalo on one who's back at right tackle city. So the rookie guard has been really good. Um, He, I think since week six, he hasn't allowed a sack and only like one hurry on Mac Jones or something like that. So he's been good in pass pro Um, Trent Brown, however, uh, hobbled. I think he is sort of, he didn't practice yesterday. I love the eyes. You love Trent. You love Trent Brown, don't you, Andy? Uh, it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. So he's 
out there. He got paid, and I think he wants to try and push through and play. I think he's a motivated Trent right now. However, he literally can't walk. Everybody was down, that was down in Miami said that when they went in the locker room after the game, he was like struggling to put anything on that right leg. It's his ankle. It's his knee. I don't know if he's going to play this week. He didn't practice yesterday. So um, who's going to play? Who's the left tackle? The backup? I mean, Connor McDermott uh, was Connor a McDermott. last week. Like, I think it's Connor McDermott. Boy, am I glad that they traded away their two best pass rushers then. Or is it Vidarian Lowe? Oh, no, Vidarian Lowe is hurt too, right? Was he? Yeah, he, and I don't want Vidarian Lowe. I mean, I'd rather either, have but Connor so, McDermott. But, and so that's, that's kind just, of the point, right? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, just from the Washington perspective, like – they were all selling the story. Ron Rivera is selling the story like his guys get the opportunity. Hunter Henry, Bill Belichick are selling the story, opportunity, these guys. But not only are backups backups for a reason everywhere, these guys weren't just backing up mediocre players. They were backing yeah. up really productive, good pass rushers. So the reality is this matchup is significantly better for you than Correct. it would have been 48 hours earlier before the trade deadline. So yep. – even with the injuries, even with the questions in the Patriots offensive line, because I do have questions about that left side if Trent Brown can't go, because as much as I may not like Trent Brown, he's as talented a lineman as they have, and he's played relatively well most of the year. And I have questions about the guy to his right, Cole right. Strange. So now if I double my questions on the left side, it's like another reason, you know, Mac Jones has an excuse for why I suck. Well, those guys suck too, and their job affects my job kind of thing. Right. Yep. And I think that's sort of been the case for Mac all year too. Like honestly, I think it starts and ends with that offensive line. And I mean, he he has totally made some mistakes. Like you talk about that that interception against Jalen Ramsey last week, like inexcusable. You got to either fire the ball in there or know that know who's on that side of the ball. And then a lot of times too, Mac sort of makes a mistake and then he unravels from there. And so like as soon as that happened, it kind of like the offense was was toast. And so um, it starts and ends up front. I think. They should be able to, you know, give him some time and get them rolling. But if they can't handle the backups, then it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding. So uh, that's that's the second one I'm watching. So I want to flip the script here because I know it's not your third matchup. So we'll talk about it here. Okay. I think equally as important, and there's some backups involved and some health questions and all kinds of things, is the Patriots pass rush against the Washington offensive line mm -hmm. because Sam Howell has been sacked. 41 yeah. times. Sam Howell against the Bills was sacked nine times. He has been sacked four or more times in seven of eight games, I believe. Like, you can get after Sam Howell. You Correct. can. Now, we know Matthew Judon. I don't think he's playing, even though he put out a weird Kane meme on yeah. um, Instagram or Twitter last night, to which I just responded googly eyes, which doesn't mean I know anything. It just mean, literally means I was looking at it and didn't really get it, but I'm right. interested. Um, but can the Patriots take advantage of a, an offense that's susceptible right. to the sack? Because again, those are game changing plays. If you get, if you get the five plus sacks that they give up, that gives you a shot of getting off the field on third down, a turnover, a strip sack, a long yardage, whatever, force right. them into a throw. So I am predicting positive Andy here. I okay. am predicting that the two players we will be talking most about from the defensive side of the ball after this game on Sunday, I think I know one of them. Christian Barmore, because he's been really good. And I yeah. think, again, another guy maybe you keep an eye on to see where his motivation and effort goes. But if I'm Christian Barmore, F y'all. I'm making plays this week. I'm starting to build my free agency resume for a year from now. Maybe yeah. I can get three sacks against Washington. And the other guy, 
who I think is a beast in the making, Keon White. I think those two yeah. guys are going to be thorns in Sam Howell's side. If the Patriots have a shot to win this game, those guys will be part of the plan. Yeah, I'm with you. And even Anthony Jennings has been pretty good the last few He's weeks. Better. And better. Josh, if Josh Uche is back, if he continue, if he gets yep. back in plays, I know he's situational, but I mean, we talk about Uche now. It's kind of a weird narrative with the trade and everything. And oh, is he that good? And he's situational, but I mean, he can go and get after the quarterback too. So he's now playing for his money now that he didn't get traded. So go out there and ball. And you're right; they can get after Howell because that Washington offensive line isn't great. Yeah, and I think that. Um... That can be a key. Now, I don't know if they can do it. I don't. I mean, they should be able to because everybody's done it against Washington, right. basically. So if you don't, it's probably a bad sign. It's a glaring yeah. negative for you. Um, but they still have the horses, even with Judon out. And even mm-hmm. if Uche's banged up or Uche's not full go, and I don't know how much of last week was pre-trade deadline, keep him out, versus he's actually not healthy enough, keep him out. But Barmore, Jennings, um, my guy, Keon White, Dietrich Wise, like you have enough bodies. You blitz a little bit, send some extra bodies. They've done that this year. Like you have the bodies to take advantage. So yeah. get after Sam Howell, make his life difficult, make him make mistakes. Otherwise, you could be in trouble, as we talked about on the back end. Third crucial clash from Mike Cadlick would be. I am uh, I'm staying with the Patriots offense, and I'm looking at some experience against some experience in the coordinators. And I'm looking at Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator for the the river. Yes. um, Of the Washington commanders as well. Um, A guy who has been around. He's been head coach. He's been up and down. I didn't realize he had, he was the Jaguars head coach for eight seasons. Oh yeah. He was there for a long time. And he also used a lot of water. Remember that scandal that he used like more water than anybody in the yeah. is like a, his water bill was like $15,000. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause he watered his lawn at all times. I forget yeah. it. I mean, the random note. Go ahead. Jack Del Rio. No, he's old no. and experienced. Yeah. He's old. He's experienced. He's been around. He's had some ups and downs, but like he's a good defensive coordinator and you know, Ron Rivera trusts him to sort of scheme it up. And I think that that's what they're going to have to do without their uh, star defensive ends. I think Del Rio's job gets that much more difficult this, this week. Um, and I wonder how he handles it. And then I look at the other side and Bill O'Brien, a guy who, um, you know, when he came in, we were we were looking at this offense and the scheme and thinking this is how Mac's going to work and you find your matchups. And if you watch, you know, I think Mac Jones, like, understands the offense completely. I really do. I think he understands the answers to the test that he talks about and he goes up to the line and he yells O'Brien in his ear for a second. And a lot of times they take the play clock down because Mac is adjusting and um, making his set, you know, they call two plays at the line. He is alerting and he's saying, Oh, this is why. And that's your mic and come in motion. Are they in man? Are they in zone? And oftentimes it doesn't actually work out the way they want, but sometimes it does. And it's like, Oh, this is, these are the answers they're looking for. And so I'm curious to see when that all finally clicks because like it sort of did against Buffalo, but not the entire game. And then last week was a disaster, but there was a couple. And so I just look at O'Brien and the scheme with Mac. And I look at now that they'll finally have some time against the depleted defensive line group in Washington, if they can actually get something going on offense. So um, it's going to be a challenge again, because Del Rio is damn good, but um, O'Brien versus Del Rio. Patriots offense is the most important unit in this game, in my opinion. That's why I have two of my three clashes um, focused on the offense. And as bad as it's been, I, I, it's blind hope, I, I, I admit, but there's something there. And I know that the wide receivers aren't there, but I, I still think what Mack and O'Brien have together um, 
there's something there. Okay. So I've learned something this season. Um, even though you know I'm not beholden to statistics and numbers, um, when I look at bad offenses in the NFL, I see the Las Vegas Raiders, the mm-hmm. New York Giants, and the New England Patriots. And what do those offenses have in common? Three of my favorite offensive coaches uh, are running those shows or were running those shows. Josh McDaniels was asked to right. leave the Raiders, uh, Brian Dayball in New York, and obviously Bill O'Brien here in New England. So I've learned apparently I know nothing about good offensive coaches. I just like those That's guys. Maybe I have a I blind like spot. Um, but I do actually agree with you. I think Billy O and Mac have a little something going. Um, now, I'm not sure they have the offensive line and the weapons to execute it completely, and I think that is a part of it. And, yes, I'm making excuses. Okay, I'm making excuses yeah. for Billy O and Mac at the same time. But I do think – because a lot of people are like, oh, we owe Matt Patricia an apology, and the, the numbers are actually worse. And No, I think this is a better offense. Uh, right, like, I agree. And you can tell me no because you have numbers on your side to say that it's not, but I think it's better. I think Mac's a better quarterback. I think the scheme is better. I think the players trust the scheme more this year and, like, understand what they are doing. Correct. I just don't know how good they are, both in terms of a line and and, and receivers. And we're right. going to get that challenged again because the veterans are all hurt. You lost your best player in Kendrick Bourne, which I think is a massive blow, both in terms of playmaking. You know I thought he was going to their triple crown. you had it you had it it, it was all it was well it. on track damn it yeah and um and i need to be right about something because there's been a lot of wrongness in andy hart over the last oh, six boy. months or so um although i was kind of right about the team in general not being yeah. very good so you said they weren't nailed. gonna they were gonna stink i had like 11 wins on this thing yeah so i kind of nailed the big picture but i was thinking more like when i said james robinson would be good and who knows maybe james <laughs> robinson I forgot would. about that <laughs> um but it's a it's it's a chance for billy o it's a, you know if we're going to use that opportunity word that people say for the Redskins, excuse me, the Commanders and their uh, pass rushers. Yeah, this is an opportunity for your guy Pop Douglas for Tyquan Thornton, hopefully to be on the field. Booty, like, go young, give these guys a shot. Yeah. They may fall on their faces, but what do you have to lose? You're already losing. You already stink offensively. Whatever, and maybe Mac. I even feel like Mac should just because Mac has been very loyal and tied to. Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Juju. Yep. Maybe Mac on like Thursday or Friday night needs to get like Booty, Thornton, Douglas together. Just go out to dinner and be like, listen, I know I've been spending a lot of time with those old effers, but they stink. I need you guys. Yeah. We're the young guns. We need to do this together. We're all we got kind of mentality. Yeah. You know, play. No one is coming. Out. No one's coming. It's just us. Yeah. I, Booty, I need you to be in bounds when I throw it to you. Yeah. Thornton. Yeah. I need you to freaking be on the field and run past somebody. You're yeah. fast. Like, let's, I have confidence in you, but we need to do this. And maybe that's too much of like a Disney movie script thing. But I think I would try that if I were Mac. Invite yeah. those guys over for dinner and be like, listen, the youth movement is on. We're doing it ourselves. Let's go take advantage of the, yeah. the commanders. He said it himself on Jones and Mega. He was like, look, I don't want to do this for now. I want to build it for the future, too. Yeah. People took that the wrong way. I was like, well, are you even going to be here? And I, I get it. But that's the other company line, Coach Speak, Mac Jones talk. Like, they're all going to say that. They're not. Mac's not going to sit there and say, well, no, we're all out of here next year anyway. Like, right. So it's it's true, though. Like, if, if you can say, let's do this for now and let's do this for next year as well, you're right. Like, you get a chemistry going and let's rock. So I, I don't hate the, the concept of that either. So. Okay, so those are our clashes. This is a matchup of two mediocre at best football teams, maybe bad football teams. teams I go with bad. Yeah, they're bad. Okay, let's. I was being nice, but they're <laughs> bad. Okay, they're bad near the bottom of the NFL. 
So what does Mike Cadlick expect to unfold at Gillette Stadium on Sunday where the home crowd, I don't know if the last we saw them, the home crowd was surprisingly happy and entertained. Yeah. I don't know if that'll play true again. So Mike Cadlick, what do you expect on Sunday and what's the score? Uh, I don't think they're going to win. I don't. I just, they, they, they don't. They don't do it. You like that? <laughs> I know after all that, we put in all the work. We talked for 40 minutes about the matchups, and I don't know. I just, even with Washington looking like they're sort of mailing it in and some something coming out about Belichick and them trading their last two first-round edge defenders, like, I'm going 20-17 to 17 commanders. I think the Patriots don't score a lot of points. I think the way you said it, the commander's offense is objectively better. Even when Sam Howell is under duress and gets pressured, like you said, he's able to find those guys. Terry McLaurin's like a top 10-ish wide receiver in the league. The Patriots don't have anything like that. I don't know if they have the the horses on defense to stop anything like that. Um, so I think it's going to be low scoring, but I don't think the Patriots eke it out. I just don't. I don't know if they have it again. Um, Buffalo looks more and more like a flash in the pan every time I look at it. You know, my thing was that's how this team wins football games is the the Buffalo Bills game. And this is what I was talking about. And they don't have it as often. So that being said, Washington 20, Patriots 17. Okay. So as always, I will uh, push people over to the six rings uh, preview with Fitzy yep. and myself. And I will leave you though with one optimistic note or optimistic uh, point to ponder. Whichever team tries to win this game might win it because we're talking about the Reds, the the commanders, damn it, the commanders sold off. the hat. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The commanders (laughs) sold off. The Patriots did not, but we're pondering their motivations. They're too, you know, are they trying? The team that tries might win this game, which I guess that's good. And then the second part I would say, I do believe if you play, as well as you played in Miami, because I do think there were some positives in that game. It wasn't all negatives. You just didn't measure up to the Dolphins and their right. offense and their weapons. If you play the way you played in Miami, if you start fast and you build a lead and maybe get an early turnover and do some good things, I think you'll have a very good chance to win this football game. I don't know if that'll I like happen. It. I didn't right. say I knew that would happen. I said if. If you try. The formula is there. Yeah. Yes. That, that is my take on this. But Mike Cadlick, who is typically very negative, is taking the commanders to beat the Patriots. The Patriots would fall to two and seven midway okay. through the year. Holy foo. Oh, my God. I can't even think about it. But the good news is yep. you'll be high in the draft picks. And then we can, oh, as yeah. I said, pain now could be pleasure later if you end up in the top two or three picks in the draft. So start watching those quarterbacks or Marvin Harrison Jr. or whoever it may be. Absolutely. We stay optimistic here on Six Rings and Football Things. We find some positive, even if that positive won't be till late April. He's Mike Cadlick. I'm Andy Hart. Those are your crucial clashes for Patriots, Commanders, Gillette Stadium on Sunday. We'll be back next week to see if Mike was right or if I was right or ah, we'll just be back because like Jelani Tavai says, we're professionals and they pay us for the full season. Exactly. Thanks for watching, everybody.